Welcome to Tea Time with Sue. In this episode, Sue Thomas sits down with Vanessa Alexander, director of the Center for Diversity and Inclusion. Earlier this year, Vanessa returned to Truman after working with the University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education and Drexel University College of Medicine in Philadelphia. She is a Truman graduate and a previous employee of the Office of Admission. Let's learn more about Vanessa and her goals for the Center for Diversity and Inclusion. Vanessa, welcome home. Thank you, thank you. So you want to tell everybody who you are and what you do? Yes, so I'm Vanessa Alexander. I'm the director of the Center for Diversity and Inclusion here at Truman Now. Week four, underway. Week, really? Uh Week four? Mm -hmm. By the end of this week, it'll be a month. Holy cow. I'm excited. You're excited? Oh, yeah. So are we. So are we. (laughs) Well, before we get into CDI and what you're doing and what your thoughts and visions and plans are, what year did you graduate? 2016. Okay, so tell me about your journey from when you graduated from Truman. Oh, wow. That got you to come back home. So after graduation, I thought at the time that I would be going into social work, but I wanted to do a gap year. So Mm -hmm. I got into admissions here at Truman. um, And that was wonderful and kind of opened my eyes to higher ed. Kind of got poached a bit from ATSU. (laughs) Uh, Of course, (laughs) ATSU. (laughs) After a year in admissions at Truman, went over to ATSU for about two and a half years. Um, And at that point, I was like, okay, you've been here since you were 17. I was at a crossroads Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, really debating if I was going to stay here and settle down or venture out and see somewhere new. Um, And ultimately decided to go to Philadelphia. And I was there for about three and a half years working in admissions, uh, doing a lot of uh, diversity programming for underrepresented students to help them get into medical school at Drexel College of Medicine, and then moved over to Penn, uh, the University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education. And I was only there for, I think, seven months before mm-hmm. I came back home here. So that's the full circle. Uh, it's It feels like I've been gone a while, but when I got here, it just felt like I was back home with a few advancements yeah. here and there in the town, for sure. <laughs> good, good. So what was it about your Truman education that made you feel comfortable venturing off in an area that really wasn't your area, right? Mm-hmm. You thought you were going to be a social worker, but that... But that's not what you ended up with. What yeah. what allowed you to do that? What gave you the strength to do that? I think the people that were around me. Um, I wasn't really involved in admissions work or doing anything within higher ed outside of uh, diversity and inclusion for a while. Mm-hmm. And there was an admissions counselor by the name of Geronda Williams, um, who I'd gotten close to over time. And she was like, you would be a great orientation leader. And this was the summer before my senior year. Um, and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Uh, And that was my first kind of introduction to just admissions work and working with students before they get into school and things like that. And found that I was pretty good at it. And admissions really loved having me around. So uh, what made you good at it? I think my ability to connect, have really warm conversations with folks. And Mm -hmm. I do think that I'm a very genuine person. So when sharing my own experiences, uh, folks could really resonate with things that I was talking about or just relate in different ways, which made them feel much more comfortable uh, coming up sure. to Truman and kind of even parents sending their students to Truman. <laughs> uh, so that was one of the things that kind of got me started. Uh, and when I needed a job, admissions was there. And they were like, we love you. Just come join the office mm-hmm. as a staff member. And I did. And they kind of threw me to the wolves in a positive way because my first task uh, as an admissions counselor was to talk with all of the parents about 
letting go of their students oh, and identity good. development. And I was kind of like, I'm 22. I don't think they want to hear from me about, <laughs> <laughs> about that at all. But So uh, what did you talk about? Well. I just worked. I just talked about identity development and what that means and how that's going to come across to them if their students are calling from home or just filling them in on different things that they may mm-hmm. be facing, whether it be challenges um, within their, themselves or just outward facing that they might be, you know, learning from as far as just interacting with different students right. from different perspectives and cultures and just to let them lean into that um, and letting them know and reassuring them that everything's going to be fine. It feels like right. the, the world is falling apart now, but it's going to pass and you'll be fine. So what what made you comfortable going to Philadelphia? And I'm going to tell you, as everybody knows, I consider that to be the wrong end of the state, given <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh, right? I've heard, but, I've but heard. But Philadelphia is very different than Missouri, right? And you were born and raised in Missouri? Mm-hmm, St. Louis, yeah. Missouri. Um, I knew I didn't want to go back home. I just wanted something new. And with my work I was doing with ATSU, I traveled across the country, and I kind of used that as my... I guess audition for a city to see if I would like it. And I Uh liked a lot of cities across the country. Uh, I couldn't afford California, but (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'll double back later on. But um, when I got to Philadelphia, it was just very, I could tell it was going to push me uh, Mm -hmm. outside of my comfort zone a lot. I had gotten very comfortable in Kirksville. You know, when you have your support system and you're used to doing everything. Sure. I kind of wanted to know if I still had my wits about myself to really Mm -hmm. be productive and grow in a new environment. And I felt Philly would do that. But it was also kind of safe in a sense that I really felt like it could be home um, at the Mm -hmm. time. So I chose that. My best friend might say I was following him across the country, which I wasn't. But um, (laughs) he's actually a Truman (laughs) alum, too. And he was out there first, uh, but everything worked out well, and I kind of just really saw myself thriving in a different way that I hadn't seen, mm-hmm. um, and I always love a challenge. So Philadelphia was much right. different, but I think it was necessary to really just grow in some ways I didn't even think I needed to. So can you give an example of that? How, do, how did you grow? How did you become more of you in Philadelphia? I think I had to prove to myself that I could keep up with the quote-unquote Big dogs, oh. no bulldog, pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a way for me to step into a whole new environment and not know anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, the fortune of going to different places in Kirksville and at least knowing a handful of people. Sure. Um, but I wanted to really test my networking skills. I wanted to really see if folks who are meeting me for the first time, seeing my work, um, what they thought of it. So I think that was the biggest way that I challenged myself. Um, and I saw in that, that I could easily foster, easily foster connections, um, and even, you know, bring some of the things that I might hold near and dear to my heart or just the, as they say out there, the country girl vibe, uh, to the big city and kind of really make students, uh, feel warm and welcomed. And that was something I saw and I guess reaffirmed the fact that I think I'm meant for higher ed, uh, because I was able to still do some of those same things as far as, um, providing safe spaces for students and giving folks a chance to kind of speak their piece or just vent and things like Mm -hmm. that and create opportunities for students that I did here. But I'm like, look at you, you know, you network, you, you found a new home base. You were able to kind of get down and get, get dirty in a sense to really help students when they needed to. So I guess that was kind of how I see myself grow in that way. Professionally, that is Uh, personally, I think my taste buds have expanded my palate. Uh, (laughs) So my cooking skills have increased by a few points. Favorite food from Philly? 
Ooh. Ah, that is. I really love some chicken over rice, some halal food. Oh. I didn't, I had never heard of halal food, mm-hmm. really, um, and had never had it e- either. But I started having chicken over rice with a little falafel. It's Yum. so good. It's delicious every <laughs> time you have it. You can't mess that up. I might mess it up, but they didn't. <laughs> they, they didn't. <laughs> okay, so you grow mm-hmm. into really cool things in Philadelphia. What made you come home to Kirksville? Oh, such a funny story. Um, I was actually here to do some recruitment uh, for the graduate school of education that I was working for at the time. Because I, I know Truman produces wonderful students who would mm-hmm. be more than competitive um, in different schools, especially over on the East Coast. And I, I just wanted to kind of give a little love to home. Yay. Um, so came out for an event here. And as soon as I touched on campus, folks were like, yeah, there's a position available. We think you'll be great for it. And I was kind of like, absolutely not. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not coming back. And I had just moved into my new apartment in Philadelphia and started this new job. So I was just right. like, yeah, unrealistic. We're not going to do that. Um, and I heard it about four times on campus, and I left. And Sherry Fogelsong is very persistent. Yay! She is very persistent. <laughs> we're we're really good friends, and she constantly was texting and was like, "Hey, that application is still open. Are you going to complete?" And uh, she sent me over just some encouraging words, and I was like, "Okay, I'll apply." Um, and a big part of that was just me not thinking I would be good for the position uh, in a sense of you know not wanting to feel like I have this opportunity because of the people I know or that I I would possibly get a position because Mm -hmm. of who I know. I wanted it off of my own merits, and I wanted to know that people knew that I could do good work. Right, Um, So I kind of tried to avoid it, but I ended up applying and interviewing. And And we are so glad you (laughs) did. Came to campus, and it it felt like a completely different campus than what I had been exposed to as a student. Um, There were some rough times as a student that I experienced here, and even some of my friends were kind of questioning, you know, are you really going to go back? Mm-hmm. And the the essence and the openness and the willingness that I saw so many people have um, surrounding mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion was something that I had not seen as a student. Um, and in that moment, interviewing on campus, I was like, yeah, I can come back. I can come back mm-hmm. and I can I think I can do some great work and work with some wonderful people who are all kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um and even talking with you in that interview and just kind of hearing that there was a constant theme of collaboration, openness, uh, true inclusivity, not just tolerance. And those were some of the things that kind of made me feel much more at ease and much more willing to come and do the job. Yay. So it sounds like throughout your time here and going to Philadelphia, people tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, you can do that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think that um, that encouragement from other folks, you know, in a sense of folks seeing things that you don't see in yourself. Sure. Uh, because I definitely think there there's a lot that folks see of me that even still sometimes today I'm like, you really think I can do that? I'm like, really? Let's see. Sure, sure. Um, but you need that. You need those folks who are really going to push you um, further into your greatness and encourage you even when Absolutely. you don't see the things that are possible. So I think I had a lot of that on this whole journey. <laughs> So that's a great segue into tell me about CDI and your visions and your things you started on already, things that you want to do. Yes. So um, very excited to be in the CDI at this point. 
Um, as I mentioned, I think Truman itself is in a space of evolution, mm -hmm. um, which allows the CDI to kind of evolve with it. So I'm really looking for a lot of just collaboration across campus. I think that's something that's necessary because all of us have different relationships with all of our students. Sure. Um, and if we can kind of tap into those collaborative efforts and really work together to create these positive experiences for students, or at least a safe space for students when they feel like um, something isn't going as it should or they feel like they need to come in, um, you know, talk with someone about, about something. I want to be able to have those different collaborations established um, and relationships established to be able to really work together to serve our students rather than, you know, historically diversity and inclusion. It's like when you see the CDI, you're like, oh, that's diversity and inclusion. That's the only people who do it. Um, really having those collaborative efforts so that way it's something that we all do. We all practice inclusion. We all have these different initiatives, such as even within our strategic planning efforts. So um, collaboration is a really big one that I'm looking to foster through the CDI, uh, but also understanding that the CDI is for all of our students. Um, I think all of our students have different unique and diverse experiences, and I want to be a, a place for them to come and highlight those or to help them highlight. Um, I tell the students all the time, I'm here to work with you. I'm here to work for you. Um, and I'm, I'm just really here to support. So within the CDI, I'm hoping to continue those efforts through programming with student organizations and um, safe zone trainings, uh, the LGBTQ Resource Center that we have. I have a lot of cool plans for that that I'm working with students on, and um, I'm looking to set up a meeting with more of our students within that sub-community to really tap in and see what it is they need, what it is that they feel that um, you know, we may have dropped the ball on or we just haven't thought about. Sure. Um, so really having a student focus as far as what they need, but understanding that uh, within the CDI, while we serve our students, we also serve the overarching community of Truman faculty and staff and the community mm -hmm. of Kirksville. So uh, that's a lot, but I have a lot of plans, <laughs> as you yes, can tell, yes, a lot of, yes, a lot yes, of yes, ideas yes. In, in mind. So anything you can share any, any program, anything coming up before the end of the semester? I mean, you've been here an entire month now almost. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we have uh, a few things coming up here. Um, we have the Diversity Festival, festival uh, that's going to be in collaboration with ATSU here at Truman and uh, the Kirksville right. community. Well, we're really just going to celebrate diversity. It's going to be at the Armory on the 29th. Um, and it's going to be a time for just all of the community to come out and learn more about different cultures. There's going to be food. There's going to be performances. It's going to be really great um, in that sense. Um, as far as the Truman community, we are going to uh, start up our CDI newsletter again, oh, which I'm cool. super excited Yay. about that, just to um, kind of utilize that as an educational tool, but also a tool for folks to kind of see what's happening in the mm -hmm. CDI, what events they can attend, uh, things of that nature. We're doing a revamp of the website. Um, and I'm also finishing up some of our safe zone training so we can kick that off for our faculty and staff soon as well. Um, I have some really great things planned. I'm really big on um, interactive activities to really help folks be empathetic and feel because I think you mm -hmm. always remember how things make you feel and it sure. allows you to kind of self-reflect and change the way you do things if need be. Um, so those are a few things coming up. Just yeah. a, a little bit to talk about. <laughs> Okay, so amongst all those little bits to talk about, mm -hmm. I hear you do aerial workouts. I do. T I tell do. me what that is and um, what you do. <laughs> so aerial workouts are essentially, if you've ever seen folks do the trapeze or mm -hmm. um, a lot of folks say, oh, is that the folks who fly from the sheets on the ceiling? Right. And I'm like, yeah, essentially. 
Um, but it's a full body workout. Uh, I do, they call it silks. So I do silks and I do trapeze. Um, I tried to do the ring, which is basically just a circle hanging from the ceiling. Um, but that circle is hard to fit into. It's hard to fit into. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to up my flexibility level. But it's, it's something I started years back on a whim just because I wanted a new way to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm very athletic, but I do not like going to the gym at all. It's not I my favorite that. thing. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, right there with you. So I've tried Zumba and everything like that. Uh, but when I found aerials, it challenged every part of my body. Um, and that was something I really enjoyed. So I've been doing that on and off for about five years now. Oh, wow. Um, so it's it's a really fun thing. I always tell folks, we don't have it here in Kirksville, but in St. Louis, Kansas City, they have them. So if you ever find yourself bored and want to try something new, you can always try beginner's aerials. <laughs> so what's the if, is there any easy part to it? It all sounds kind of hard. <laughs> there, so if, <laughs> if, if you're a beginner, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. there are easy ways. Well, they'll show you how to, you know, do foot locks and uh, really testing and, and helping your muscles learn, you know, what you need to right. do. Uh, when I first started, there were just a lot of muscles that I hadn't tapped into. Sure. So they would have, I guess at the beginning, you have like a mini kind of exercise session where you'll really focus on some of those muscles that you need to pull okay. yourself up, flip around, twirl, whatever it may be. Um, and then they'll start out with just some beginner tricks just to get you comfortable with being in the air, not too far off the ground. I was to say, how far are you Not off too the far. Sometimes I was maybe two feet off the ground. Other okay. times and I was mats. inches off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fell a lot, especially yeah. in trapeze, because um, it's easy to get tangled. And I'm just like, just let me fall out of it. Not what you should do, but I would just fall out of it. But, yeah, it's pretty simple for beginners. I did go to one beginner class, and she was like, okay, we're going to just pull up and flip over. And I was like, I don't think that's a beginner. I think I'm in the (laughs) wrong class. Um, But it's definitely easy starting off. It'll be a full workout regardless if you're doing some more simple moves or the more difficult moves. I think it's going to work you out. I kind of felt like I was a zombie walking around afterwards because everything was sore. But (laughs) but it's a good workout, though. Well, I know you have your own business consulting a little bit, right? Yes, yes. It's definitely in the beginning stages, but I call it Path Med Journey um, because I spent so much time in medical school admissions, whether it be for dental school, vet school, anywhere where you're trying to get into healthcare professions or anything along along those lines. Um, I just saw that there were large disparities between um, the quality of application sometimes from underrepresented students versus the majority of students. Right. And that could be for a multitude of reasons, whether they just didn't have the access to know what was needed. Um, no one's really advising them. I've heard some really horrific stories just about how advising can be difficult for students to get um, if you don't meet a certain level of standards. There's no one to kind of help you say, okay, this is where you are. Let me meet you where you are and show you how you can get to where you want to go. So essentially that's what I'm doing with EmpathMed Journey. So I work with students one-on-one, whether it be a couple years out from their application cycle or during their application cycle, Mm -hmm. anything from just understanding what that admission cycle looks like Um, knowing how you need to prepare, experiences you should be looking out to get as you're an undergrad, um, how to work your way through, maybe if you have rough semesters, you know, what you might need to do after that, whether it be graduate school or whatever it may be. Um, 
personal statement reviews, mock interviews. So I've kind of done it all for folks. Uh-huh. Um, and it's pretty slow. I've only worked with about three students so far, but um, I am happy to say that two of the three have gotten into their, oh. their schools. Yay, um, and one of them will be applying in May when the, well, June when the submissions open up. So it's pretty slow, but I, I really enjoy it um, because I do find that there are just so many students who just don't know. And I just, I have all this info. So I'm like, let me just get it all out there. I put some information on TikTok. But uh, TikTok is a whole nother monster. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I can keep up with TikTok. (laughs) So I try my best to get that information out there to folks. Um, And it's nothing too specific. Just anything that folks can apply to themselves wherever they are in their journey to um, healthcare professional school. Cool. Okay, so since you're doing CDI and you're doing that, I think you should talk to Stephanie about opening up an aerial workout place. You know, I've been thinking about that. Stephanie and I are really great friends already. Um, and the only thing I'm stopping at is, like, who's going to teach the classes? <laughs> because I don't know if they want me to teach them. <laughs> well, but we'd, we'd all be beginners. That's true. I'm like, we so could all learn know, together. Yeah, you would you know, know more than we do. Oh, yeah. So I thought about that with, with Stephanie because I'm always willing to help her however she needs it because she's all over the place with so many different businesses, events, and things. So that is on my mind. So ah. look out, Kirksville. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Aerials could be coming soon. That's right. You would hear it here first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is so true. <laughs> okay. So I have to ask you one of poetry. Mm-hmm. Your kind of secret hidden talent? Yeah, I really enjoy writing. I don't share it much. Um, I started writing in college and did the um, Phi Beta Sigma fraternity pageant that they had every oh, uh-huh. year, my right, junior right, year, right, right. Uh, and did a spoken word piece, a couple of them during my uh, talent portion, and folks were just like, that was so good. And I was like, oh, yeah. really? You know, you didn't think it was cheesy, <laughs> you know? Um, but folks really enjoyed it. I kept writing, and I went to a couple of places and did some some spoken word out and about. But I kind of keep it to myself again. <laughs> but I do enjoy writing spoken word. It's a good way for me to kind of flush through my emotions and um, – kind of keep myself grounded in times where I might feel like I'm overwhelmed. Sure. So it's a great, great mechanism for just stress relieving for me. So you do know we have a poetry slam on campus every I, year. So you I may know. want to check it out when you're ready. I know. I love to go watch. I used to watch all the time, especially pre-COVID in Philadelphia, I would go. Sure. Um, but I would love to kind of see what the students are putting together and even faculty and staff if they get up there. I think... It's always enlightening. You? I, maybe. I could, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see how my nerves get, you know. <laughs> um, as much as I feel like I'm always at the forefront of things, I do not like the spotlight at all. Mm-hmm. So even coming here, I was like, okay, given TV vibes, we're just going to see how it flows. And? So, it's been great so far. Good. I'm just good, focusing good, good. on you. Just focusing <laughs> on you. <laughs> That's how I get through. Okay, so there's one other thing we need to have you do before you leave. Okay. And that is in our teapot. So if you oh, watched yeah. the first season of Tea Time with Sue, you know I pulled questions mm-hmm. out and answered them. This season, my guests get to do it. So okay. reach on in there and grab one. Let's see. What you get? All right. 
<laughs> what are you most grateful for in your life? It's Ooh, so funny. Yeah. A student literally came to my office today and asked me that question. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what did you say? I said I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for health. And I am grateful for people because I love people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can make or break your day, but there's always mm -hmm. someone along who's going to come and support you or change your mood or anything. So I just think the excitement of not knowing what kind of person you're going to get, who you're going to talk mm -hmm. to, what that conversation will turn into, um, it's always a surprising component of life that I think is kind of underrated. So people, family, and health. Yeah. And so can I add, Vanessa, we are so grateful you have come home. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be back. It's It has been an adjustment from Philly, just going from the big city back to a smaller sure. town. But with all of the people around, I think that more than makes up for anything that I might think I could miss somewhere else. So it's been great. Well, I hope everybody comes and says hey to you and collaborates with you and gets us where we all want to go me too folks have been popping in it's always when i'm eating so i always have oh. food in my mouth but i think that's just part of being vanessa honestly there you go <laughs> so thank you for having me oh, this has been thanks amazing. for joining me thank it's been you. a real pleasure thanks for listening to tea time with sue subscribe to the podcast to stay in the know for when new episodes are released do you know students faculty and staff at truman who make it such a unique and special place Guest for Tea Time with Sue can be nominated at truman.edu slash tea time. Join us in the next episode when Sue is joined by Star Alexander, a junior psychology major.